Section 16 of Shen of the Sea, a book for children. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Joanna Michael Hoyt. Shen of the Sea, a book for children, by Arthur Bowie Chrisman. As High Low Kept House. After weary years of saving, a few cash each calendar, Hai Li removed from the mountains where nothing ever happens, and bought a tiny house that stood near Yingling Toll Road, which is the King's Road, and where strange sights are seen. In that region the people have a saying, He who lives on the King's Road has seen the whole world. With him the newcomer brought his little brother, Hai Lo. Hai Lo was to keep house, while Hai Li worked in field and forest. The new house was no larger than two by twice and poorly furnished. Nevertheless, Hai Li and Hai Lo imagined it to be grand, for they had always lived in a mountain cave. Many times Hai Li cautioned his brother to take good care that no harm came to their magnificent house, and Hai Lo promised faithfully to guard. His eyes would be unblinkingly open, have no fear. Upon the very first day, as Hai Lo kept house, a fox dashed under the flooring. A band of hunters soon appeared. The hunters said, We hope you enjoyed a tasty dinner that by way of greeting. Our fox is hidden beneath your house. He is a very damage-doing fox, and we desire his ears. For permission to dig, we will thank you a thousand times, and more if the fur be of good quality. Hilo thought of his brother's warning, whereupon he replied to the hunters, Your digging might injure the house, and my honorable brother has told me to keep all harm away. Therefore, excellent huntsman, I must in sorrow give you no. Dig you cannot, for the house might fall. With soft voices the hunters wheedled. Hi Lo said no. With harsh voices the hunters blustered and threatened. Hi Lo said no. Money the hunters offered. Hi Lo said no. His mind was fixed and nothing could move it. No once. No twice. No thrice. And again no. The hunters departed. The fox remained. And Hi Lo believed he had done well for his first day of housekeeping. He imagined that his brother would praise him. The opposite came to pass. Hai Li frowned. That was wrong and stupidly done, small brother. A little digging could have given no hurt. The fox is an evil enemy. He will catch all of our fowls, even to the last speckled hen. We must get rid of that, scamp. If any more hunters come, tell them to dig. Upon the next day, as Hai Lo kept house, he beheld two men with crossbows. In joy, he rushed to greet them. With much bowing and scraping, he said, I hope that your rice was well cooked and you had plenty of it. Will you not come to the house and dig? One of the men said, This fellow reminds me of the way Wu Ta Lang got out of the cherry tree. It was quite simple. But the other, who was more crafty, squinted an eye to say, Be quiet. Then, using his tongue, he spoke to Hai Lo. For nothing else we came. With all our hearts will we dig. Only open the door. Our rice was well cooked. He entered the house and began to tear up stones from the hearth. Hilo said, Do you not think the fox will be alarmed and try to escape through the hole by which he entered? The hunter replied, A wise question, truly. What shall we do? Can you not sit with your back to the entrance? Then the fox will be unable to depart. Hilo readily agreed to aid. He went outside and sat with his back to the wall. The hunters struck many blows upon the hearth, laughing all the while. Presently they each said, Oh, and stopped digging. Have you got it? asked Hai Lo. We have, the elder huntsman answered. 
we have it in a sack. How fortunate that you invited us in our digging was most successful. He was greatly pleased. The other hunters seemed equally as well pleased. Hilo, too, was delighted. A very fine thing he thought it that the fox had been captured. He felt sure that his brother would speak words of praise. But such was far from being. Hai Li tossed a sack upon the table and said, Oh, my little brother, a sad mistake you made this day. Not hunters, but thieves were those men. Not a fox, but all of our money they carried off in the sack. By chance alone I regained it, but such good luck rarely happens a second time. Now heed my words. Never again permit strangers to enter the house. Never. Next day, as Hai Lo kept house, the door shook with a great knocking. The boy peeped from a window. He beheld an old man beating the door. Said Hai Lo, I hope you relished your dinner, but you must go away. My brother says that I am to admit no strangers. Go away, you cannot enter. The old man remarked in a loud tone that Hai Lo spoke nonsense. Open the door that I may enter you who deserve a bamboo upon your back. Is this any way to treat your own flesh and blood? Hilo repeated his command. You cannot enter. Go away hurriedly, else I shall pour hot water. He tilted a kettle and began to pour, whereupon the old man took to his heels, for the water steamed hot from a fire. Hilo was well pleased with himself. Beyond doubt he would receive great praise from his brother. But Hai Li came home in a huff. Angry, dismayed was the big brother. Oh, you wrongdoing little brother, you have ruined our future. The man whom you chased away with his grandfather, Hai Ho, wealthy and about to make us his heirs. Now he says he will not leave us not so much as one cash, not one. For pity's sake, small brother, be more tactful. We have another rich grandfather. When the next stranger comes, ask him if he is your grandfather before you pour heated water. Next day, as Hilo kept house, the door rattled and banged. Someone wished to come in, at least it seemed probable. Hilo peered from a window. He beheld a man, well-dressed and round, at the door. Behind the impatient one were many slaves. At once Hilo thought of his other rich grandfather. Said he, I hope your rice was served on a golden dish. Are you my grandfather? What? roared the stranger. What? What impudence were you saying? Hilo used a full breath to shout, I asked, are you my grandfather? My grandfather! At that the large stranger tottered. His slaves made a tremendous breeze with fans, seeking to revive him. Still fanning, they carried him away. Hilo was somewhat puzzled, and puzzled he remained until his brother came home. The brother was frightened, likewise angry. Oh, dear me, small brother, why were you so rude to the governor? You have insulted the governor and will be lucky if you escape with your life. Even if you are not beheaded, you will have to pay a fine of a thousand large coins, all because of your foolish questions. I beseech you, don't ask visitors any more questions. Don't open your mouth to a stranger. Next day, as Hilo kept house, he chanced to glance at the stable. The stable door was open. Before the boy could close it, a stranger came out, leading Hilo's fine donkey. Hilo began to imagine that mischief was being done. Thrice he opened his mouth, but each time he remembered his brother's instruction to ask no questions, so he remained silent. The donkey was soon saddled. Away it went, with the stranger astride. When Big Brother returned home for evening rice, he spoke harshly to Hilo. Goodness gracious me, very small brother, you will ruin us yet. Now you've let a rogue take my trotting donkey, and only by a lucky accident was I able to recover the beast. Really, your housekeeping is a bad thing altogether. 
Never let another stranger approach the stable. He might take our milking cow. If another stranger goes near the stable, shoot him. Next day, as Hilo kept house, he sat upon the doorstep. In his hand he clenched a bow. Again and again he glanced toward the stable. No person should take the milking cow, not without regret. Beware, rogues, or suffer. A traveler came down the road. He was a rich man and wore a hat that was high and covered with feathers. It was such a hat as the wind demons love for a toy. A sudden breeze lifted the traveler's hat and whirled it fast and far. It came to earth in front of the stable. Of course the stranger followed it, running to the stable door. Hilo remembered his brother's command. He made a V of the bowstring. His hurried arrow went seeking a mark. The traveler gave up all thought of recovering his hat. Down the road he dashed madly, shouting that he had been killed. However, he was a traveler, and travelers are noted for stories hard to believe. Hilo sat on the steps and had practice with his bow. No man should take the milking cow without taking an arrow also. A thief had best wear clothes of iron. When big brother Hylee came home, his voice was doleful. Oh, brother, my brother, you have put us into vast trouble. Why on earth did you shoot an arrow into the traveler's quilted coat? He is a foreign ambassador and says that his country will instantly declare war upon us. Think of the sadness your act will cause. I beg of you be not so rash in future. The next time you see a stranger lose his hat, don't shoot. Instead, be polite and chase the hat. Next day, as Hilo kept house, he noticed a great company of men approaching. Gong-beaters led. Behind them came carriers of banners, tablet men, keepers of the large umbrellas, warriors, more gong-musicians, fan-carriers, incense-swingers. A long procession it was. Hilo knew that it must be the marching train of a truly great man. He hoped that he might behold the High and Mighty One. And so he did. As the gilded sedan-chair was borne past, a breeze threshed its curtains. A hat soared out of the sedan. Carried by the wind demons, it rolled across turnip patch and radish. Hilo dashed away in chase. He thought himself being polite and useful to rescue the Great One's hat. Alas, a hundred bludgeon men and spear-wavers rushed after him. They shouted that he must stop and be killed for his sin. Hilo had no idea why they wished to slay him. Neither had he the faintest idea of stopping. He lifted his heels with such rapidity that he gained a thicket three leaps ahead of the foremost warrior men. In the heavy growth of briars and bushes he was safe, for he knew the tangle in all its winding ways. To follow was folly. When late the boy reached home, he found his brother waiting. High Lee's despair was shown in tears and quavering words. Oh, brother of mine, I fear that your life is worth less than a withered carrot. Why did you lay hands upon his majesty's right royal hat? Do you not know that death is the penalty for so doing? Soldiers have sought you high and low. If they find you, I cannot bear to say what will happen. Now please have regard for my words, little brother. Go into the house and crawl under a bed and stay there. Stay there. Next day, as Hilo kept house, he kept it beneath the bed. So still he lay that a mouse took a nap at his side. Soldiers came and emptied the pantry, eating and drinking as only king's men can. None of them thought to glance under the bed, and that was just as well, just as well for Hilo. It was for him that they had come to search. Soon after the soldiers had departed, an odor of burning filled the air. The house was afire. Hilo coughed, but he dared not crawl from his shielding bed. He had no doubt the fire had been set in an effort to rout him from hiding. The door flew open, and in rushed Big Brother Hai Li. 
Hylie flung water upon the flames, then pulled little brother from beneath the bed. He was greatly exasperated. My word and all, not very large brother, would you let the house burn and not fling a bucket? The soldiers were gone. Why didn't you arise and douse the flames? Now hear what I speak, little brother. The next time you see flames, pour on water. Pour on water. Next day, as Hilo kept house, he chanced to gaze down the road. A brisk fire burned in the open. With two filled buckets, the boy hastened to obey his brother's order. In no time, he wetted the fire out of burning. Scarce had he entered the house when big brother Hai Li entered. Hai Li had his tongue on edge for scolding. My very own brother, why must you be always at mischief? What in all the green earth and the blue sky made you throw water upon that fire? A traveler was boiling his rice, and you with water put out his fire. It was outrageous. Now then, to atone for your impishness, take this stick of dry wood to the traveler so that he can boil his rice. And as you give him the stick, be sure to apologize. Ask for pardon. Away went Hilo at his fastest, bearing a huge bamboo. The traveler beheld him and promptly mounted a horse. Many robbers made misery in that region. The traveler had gained saddening experience of them. He imagined that Hilo must be a robber, else why did the fellow wave a long bamboo? So the traveler put heels to his horse and galloped. But Hilo was not to be left far behind. He followed swiftly, shouting words that meant, Stop! Wait! Hold on! Terry! And the more he shouted, the more determined grew the traveler never to stop until he had found protection in a camp of soldiers. Several young men let curiosity lead them to follow Hilo. They wished to discover why he pursued the traveler. As they raced through a village, other men joined. Another village gave a dozen more. A town furnished twice as many. Soon Hilo had an enormous crowd at his heels. Dust hung above in a blinding curtain. The trample of feet and the excited shouts could be heard for distant miles. More dust and more, more men and more. At first they asked, What's it all about? Later, Catch him and kill him, they cried. Hilo had long since lost sight of the fast-fleeing horsemen, but he reasoned that the traveler would enter Yingling, the capital city. Hence he too, leading his curious host, entered Yingling. He was determined to do as his brother had bidden. Now it chanced that King Hao Wang was a most unpopular ruler. Threats had been made against him. A prince from the north was said to be raising an army of rebels. Hence, when King Hao Wang beheld Hai Lo's approach at the head of a vast army, he imagined Hai Lo to be the northern prince. Hai Lo's curious rabble he thought a rebel army. So thinking, he called for his horse, and what became of him no one can say. He vanished for good and all. The royal generals, instead of ordering a fight, promptly knelt before Hai Lo and bumped their heads in the dust. Said they, we bow unto our new king. The palace soldiers said, Hail to our new king! And the breathless mob shouted, Long live our new king! The crown was placed upon astonished Hilo's head. The mace of authority was placed in his hand. And hail, and hail, and hail! Thus did Hilo, in chase of an unknown traveler, become king upon a throne. His days of housekeeping were ended. And so is the book ended. End of chapter 16 End of Shen of the Sea, a book for children, by Arthur Bowie Christman.